Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. How are we doing today? Uh, very thankful to the Lord and very blessed. Praise <laughs> the Lord, man. Amen to that. And with us, as always, as well, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Praising God. He is good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. How about you, bro? How are you doing? You know, I'm doing really well. I got no complaints here. Good to hear, man. uh, You know, God is good, and I'm excited to dig into this topic, which is going to be more difficult to discuss a little bit, because whenever someone passes, uh, whether, you know, whether it's a believer, obviously we have joy, you know, unexplainable for them on their behalf, but... You know, we don't weep as the world weeps, but uh, there is some sadness there. I just recently had my great-grandma pass away, yeah. and it was tough, but also beautiful because not only did I get to preach the gospel at the funeral, but also because she loved Jesus Christ. But then there are other ones that make it a lot more difficult, and this one specifically yeah. as we talk about. So really we obviously want to be sensitive to this issue because I, I, I think sensitivity is a good thing, but we also need to speak truth Amen. and warn and use this as a time to warn, I think, you know, you think of Judas, you know, obviously naming the field of blood, you yeah. know, because he was going to pour out there after hanging himself on a tree and falling down and splitting his innards there after, you know, doing, yeah. uh, obviously betraying Jesus. And we can point to those times and we point over and over again, God points to wicked men and false prophets and so forth, especially even after their passing, specifically Saul, Yeah, you know, so we look at these things and when we think about Frederick Price, one of the leading uh, prosperity or word faith teachers. Yeah, probably, and Pros- especially false right prosperity here, right? Gospel, yeah, you, right you, here, you think our about backyard, <laughs> not too far away, uh, especially when we consider what he built there uh, in uh, Crenshaw and then at Fullerton, I believe, or Pepperdine. Pepperdine I'm sorry, University, Pepperdine yeah. University, buying Pepperdine and then building the Faith Dome that would seat over ten thousand oh, yeah. people. Huge building, built it for. $10 million, and a lot of this is because of false doctrine. And that's what we're going to be discussing, more so even more than Frederick Price, which we have to discuss in order to show you guys the wickedness behind the teaching that he was behind, especially when we figure out how he passed away, sadly. Yeah, you know, he died of COVID. Uh, he died of COVID, especially, uh, I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit about the— Well, the reason that's significant, yeah, the, the reason we want to talk yeah. about that is there's a false theology uh, that's claiming who knows how many potentially millions of souls— a false gospel, a false teaching uh, that basically turns God into a genie and makes him basically like a, a massive slot machine and use the right words and you have the right amount of faith and you can pull that slot machine and, and he has to give you. In fact, Frederick Price taught that you, as well as other word faith teachers, that you can command God uh, and so forth. But one of the teachings that, there's a lot of heinous teachings we'll probably go through, and he just passed away uh, with COVID, but he taught that you shouldn't die of any sickness that if you're a child of God and you have faith that you should never get sick. He said he never allows sickness in his home, even though his wife had to be treated for cancer and he just died of COVID. Uh, 
And many of these word faith teachers, they deal with ailments. They see doctors and they try to keep it under wraps and they, you know, they wear glasses or they, you know, they have bodily ailments they don't even acknowledge, but they'll tell their followers, they'll, they'll, they'll make their followers think that if you're not healed, you're, you, you might be not saved or you don't have enough faith. And of course, people wonder, well, if I'm not enough, don't have enough faith to be saved and I should be always healed as they teach, which is not biblical. God does heal sometimes uh, in, in this life. Before we, uh, but he doesn't heal everything every time for every believer. Uh, but so if you believe you don't have enough faith to be, you know, uh, physically healed, then you got to doubt whether you have enough faith to ever be saved. And so a lot of these word faith folks that get bamboozled by these word faith teachers are taught basically a doctrine that God wants to be healthy and wealthy. If they're not healthy and wealthy, something's wrong with their faith or they're in sin. And so that's the normal Christian life. And many of these word faith Folks, they die these cold deaths, especially if they're they've got a sickness and they're lying in bed with a disease. Uh, in the days when you could visit people in the hospital, because right now we still can't because uh, of COVID, uh, you know, the person that's dying of a sickness or disease, they're considered sometimes a reprobate or they just don't have enough faith, and and they die a cold death. Sometimes uh, I, there, a lady asked me if I'd go and pray for her husband, and she was in the Word Faith Movement. I just met her. Somebody introduced me to her. She wanted me to go pray for her dying husband, and and uh, she has scriptures written everywhere, but they're all healing scriptures. And she said, "I don't want any negative things to be said that he's dying or he's sick," because she was denying reality. So the word faith movement, a lot of them teach that you can't even acknowledge sickness because therefore you're giving in. So it's almost like Christian Science in some respects. D.R. McConnell, he did his master's thesis from Earl Roberts University, which is where Frederick Price actually went uh, and, and learned and got his degree, he wrote a book called The Different Gospel Against the Word Faith Movement, uh, tracing its origins to E.W. Kenyon and other heretical teachings that weren't even Christian, were based on the mind science uh, sciences and so forth. E.W. Kenyon brought the mind sciences into his Baptist faith, which is kind of ironic. And then uh, the rest is history. So I really encourage you to get D.R. McConnell's book. It's, it's old, but it's a, a really good book on tracing the roots of this movement. But Frederick Price was one of the champions of this movement, and that we can learn from this because here a man who's taught that God always wants you healed, and if you're not healed, you're either in sin or don't have enough faith, he dies of COVID. And we definitely believe in healing. You know, I had COVID, and I also had a heart problem this year that I never knew I was going to get. I got this year because uh, I went into AFib. My heart beats a million miles a second. Had it for eight months before I just had the ablation. Thankfully, by the grace of God. The ablation I had uh, two weeks ago yesterday uh, was successful so far. My heart's beating normal. Uh, I went to the cardiologist, and I haven't really given our fellowship this update, this part of the update, mm-hmm. uh, but my ventricular uh, chamber in my left side, the atrium, uh, which was enlarged, went back to its normal size. <laughs> and I'd already shared where I wasn't supposed to be better and it beating normal until I was on medication, and maybe that would happen after two to three months. That happened in three weeks when I was on covid uh, within the hospital thinking it was still 34% only. And by the way, praise God, my heart uh, is is not only within normal range, but now it's, it's normal range is between 50 and 70%. 100 is not normal. They just go 50 to 70. And mine's at 65, 60 to 65 by now. So I praise God for that. But I want to say this, uh, my <clears throat> primary care doctor, my general, Lisa and I were talking to doctor, uh, our doctor who we've had for years, and he looked at my numbers, kidney, because the kidney had been affected, heart, the, 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 in its normal range, uh, the, the heart rate, everything. 
And he said, Joe, Lisa, he said, he goes, this is miraculous. This is a miraculous. He used the word miraculous. This is a miraculous turnaround. So quick, you know, not just what had happened earlier, but everything. And I do believe that was an answer to God's to prayers that the brothers and sisters prayed. And we definitely believe God heals. And at the same time, though, this is what I believe. I could have died in there and it would have fit my theology perfectly, you know, and I could have lived and it fits my theology perfectly. It fits our theology because the Bible recognizes that we can get sick and die. Amen. And so I, I attribute it just to the beauty of God's wonderful grace. Uh, however, when you start to teach that, you know, if someone's sick and they die, they must be in sin. They yeah. must have done something really bad. Or sometimes, yeah, sickness is a result of uh, specific sin, but uh, there's, it's often not related to sin at all. Paul talked to, I mean, in, in, in the specific sense, we all are in a fallen human nature because of, of sin, but as far as directly, it's not always a direct correlation between someone's sin and their sickness. We're all dying, you know? Paul said the inner man is, uh, you know, the outer man is decaying day by day. The inner man's, you know, uh, is going from glory to glory. So our outer man is decaying. Paul said all of creation is groaning to be delivered. Paul told Timothy to take a little. He didn't wasn't able to heal him. He told Timothy, his protege, who wrote First and Second Timothy 2, young pastor there, doing the work of evangelists as well in Ephesus. He said, take a little wine for your frequent, a puny amount of wine for your frequent frequent stomach ailments. You know, he had him use medicine. Uh, Paul himself had an eye problem and he had also had a thorn in the flesh and he said he prayed three times and God didn't take it but said, my grace is sufficient for you. The church of Galatia said that they were willing to let give their own eyes to Paul so he could see better, uh, implying that he had a, a, a problem with his eyes, and Paul said they treated him like an angel, were willing to give their eyes to him. Uh, so, uh, you know, biblically, I mean, speaking, and there's many, many examples. We've done whole podcasts on scripture after scripture, showing that godly men can suffer and go through sickness, and that that's part of our lot. We've been redeemed spiritually. We've been saved by God's by grace through God's faith, but our bodies have not yet been redeemed. That's what we need to understand. We haven't yet been resurrected. And it's not that hard to understand. So, yes, if a brother or sister is sick, you know, if there's sin involved, they need to repent, and and perhaps God will heal them. Also, if they repent, he may take them home. Uh, but you can't treat them as though they've always sinned. In fact, James says if you bring a brother, that's, if a brother calls the elders to pray for him because he's sick, it says he could, if, he, if he sinned, if he sinned, his, his sins will be forgiven, implying that he may or may not have sinned. So, it's so, and, and, and we're not going to judge Frederick Price's heart. We don't know where he was at the end of his life. I hope he got right with God uh, before he died. But uh, the, the the news, and it's in all the major papers, is that he died of COVID-19. As I mentioned, his wife had also had cancer in the past. But listen to some of these statements and, and imagine the trip that this puts on people. Think of Joni Erickson, Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny Erickson Tata, one of the most beloved saints, you know, that you'll ever hear testify about the grace of Jesus. Paraplegic, you know, she was in a diving accident, and she hit head first uh, in, in a pool of water, and uh, she came up paralyzed, you know, paraplegic. And she paints with her, she can move her head a little bit, paints with her mouth and beautiful paintings. She sings. Uh, you'll hear on the radio if you're driving sometimes, depending on what station you're listening to. Uh, here, I mean, a number of churches right in this town have gone with her ministry to Peru and where they deliver, you know, uh, all kinds of medical uh, goods, specifically wheelchairs. And people get out of the house for the first time ever in these poor villages and they're brought to church and whole families get saved and so forth. 
But according to Frederick Price, God wouldn't even ever save her. He wouldn't live in her because why would he want to be in someone whose limbs don't work? He couldn't wouldn't live in somebody who's paraplegic and or he wouldn't live in a blind person because he can't see through the windows because he needs our eyes to see because he teaches that God can't see on the earth except through our eyes, which is another heresy denying his sovereignty. Listen to what he says, though, in condemning the blind and the paraplegic to a Christless life. And can you imagine if you're going to him for healing, you're not getting healed because he's a false teacher anyway, and then you're condemned because you're led to believe that God must hate you or doesn't love you or is unwilling to save you because you're not uttering the right words of faith. He states, quote, or he stated, how can you glorify God in your body when it doesn't function right? How can you glorify God? How can he get glory when your body doesn't even work? What makes you think that the Holy Ghost wants to live inside a body where he can't see out through the windows, blind person, and he can't hear with their ears, a deaf person? What makes you think that the Holy Spirit wants to live inside of a physical body where the limbs and organs and the cells do not function right? And that covers not just those who are paraplegic That's or sick, quadriplegic, but people with problems with blood problems. And he goes, and what makes you think he wants to live in a temple where he can't see out of the eyes and he can't walk with the feet and he can't move with the hands? The only guy, the only eyes that he, God, has are in the earth realm, are in the eyes that are in the body, which is really, really strange theology, you know? The Bible says God's eyes go to and fro throughout the earth. He beholds us as like grasshoppers when he looks at us from a distance, but he also is right here with us. So just a lot of wicked teachings. And as I mentioned, when you're under that teaching and you're somebody, and by the way, Joni, Joni herself, uh, she got caught up early on in her walk with the Lord. She started going to the word faith healers because people were with good intentions. Hey, these guys can heal. And she was hearing this word faith theology. And then she realized how theologically bankrupt it is. But uh, what's interesting to me, I just thought the irony when I saw the headline, it just broke my heart. I thought, wow, this guy died. You know, I don't know that he recanted his 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 false teachings, but he died of a, a very kind of sickness that he had taught before that you could never get if you practiced his principles. And he had millions of people that he had influenced through the years. Yeah, I, I find it in a, a sad bit of ir- irony, you know, and it really is sad because, like you said, the situation— Obviously, all these people that followed him all these yeah. years. And and you, you read these quotes, and you're just like, how could you have uttered such nonsense? Yeah, it's wicked stuff. And one of the things I remember, you know, studying Islam with Muhammad, right? You, Muhammad died at the hands of a woman. Not just at the hands of a woman, at the hands of a Jewish woman, according to their own sources. Yeah, okay? He was poisoned by a, Jewish, a Jewish woman. And he had called out curses for someone that would have died at the hands of a woman, and yet he himself— Yeah, the irony again. —would then die that way. Yeah. And, and, and sadly, not having enough faith in all of the things that, you know, Frederick Price had put out there in his teaching for all those years, and then now for him to die of a disease, what a tragic bit of irony. Right, and you just hope people say, well, since that Christianity must be wrong because look what happened that have followed uh, him and reject the entire gospel because they were fed a false gospel. You know, it, you know, he, he was super, super rich. Uh, he, you know, he drove a Rolls Royce, and he said that, you know, I, I'll quote him here, the whole point is I'm trying to get you to see is to get you out of this malaise of thinking that Jesus and the disciples were poor <laughs> and then relating that to you thinking that you, as a child of God, have to follow Jesus. 
The Bible says that he was he left us an example that we should follow his steps. That's the reason why I drive a Rolls Royce. I'm following Jesus' steps. So he, he wants us to believe that Jesus, you know, drove the Rolls Royce of his time, whatever glorified camel that may have been, or or horse, or what have you. Uh, but the scriptures say that Jesus had no place to lay his head. The scriptures say that Jesus became poor so that we could become rich. And, of course, he meant spiritually rich, uh, be saved, be born again, have our names written in heaven, be bound for the kingdom of God and the heavenly throne, uh, and sit sit before the Lord as he is on his throne. So it's interesting. In fact, he said, it's a whole lot easier to be persecuted when I'm riding in my Rolls Royce, you know? And that's just like, wow. And and this has turned so many people off of Christianity because of false form of Christianity. This is exactly what Peter warned about in 2 Peter chapter 3, where Peter says in the first, I should say the first few verses of chapter 2, even as there are false teachers among them, there will be false, or false prophets among them, there will be false teachers among you who shall privately bring in damnable heresies, denying the Lord who bought them. And then he talks about how they'll exploit you with words that they've made up through sensuality and so forth. And, and they'll make merchandise of you. And that's heavy. So the scriptures warn that in the last days, Peter says, chapter 2 and chapter 3, that there'll be men that we make in merchandise of other people through their teaching by making up stories, even as the false prophets did in the Old Testament. So this is important to understand. In fact, the Apostle Paul warns of those of a corrupt mind who turn the grace of God, or I should say those of corrupt minds who teach that godliness is a means of financial gain. Okay, that's, that's, that's the, you know, most translations say a means of gain. NIV says a financial gain. That's the context. So 1 Timothy 3, Paul says this. He says, uh, men of constant friction, depraved. He talks about them being deprived of the truth. Supposing that, God, supposing that godliness is a means of gain or financial gain, verse 5. But godliness is actually a means of great gain when accompanied with contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we can take nothing out of it either. If we have food and covering... With these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich and fall into temptation, or I'm sorry, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, I find it really fascinating when we put together 1 Timothy 3, which you just quoted there, and it's something I've always noticed as a newer believer, you know, the first sermon series I'd ever gone to was on the Lord's Prayer, and you're like, the one thing that Jesus gives commentary on in the Lord's Prayer is if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. In 1 Timothy 3, this is a place where we all go to 1 Timothy 3 to say, what are the qualifications for an elder? Right, yeah. and we do the same thing in Titus, Titus one. one. Yeah, and in both of those instances, when Paul was writing to Titus about appointing elders, when when Paul was writing to Timothy about the qualifications, both of them say the same thing: that they need to be free from the love of money. That's right, amen. And then you get the commentary on that. And we're talking about Frederick Price, yeah. whether you're talking about Frederick Price, Joel Osteen, whether you're talking about Benny Hinn, or any of the number of these false heretics, no matter which one you're talking about, over and over again, the love of money is huge in them. Yeah. And what the Bible tells me is they were never qualified for the position they've given themselves. No, and that's a great point, Chad. In fact, it's, it's kind of interesting that you brought up the Lord's Prayer. Because uh, one of the things that Jesus teaches in the Lord's Prayer is that we're supposed to pray, Thy will be done. 
Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But Frederick Price teaches that we're never supposed to pray for God's will to be done. Totally contradicting Jesus' words. In fact, he taught that the Lord's prayer is not for us today. Oh. And he also stated this, quote, If it be thy will or thy will be done, if, if you have to say that, then you're calling God a fool. He goes on to say, What they told me to do was that whenever I prayed, I should always say, Thy will, uh, the will of the Lord be done. Now, doesn't that sound humble? It does. Sounds like humility. It's really stupidity. I mean, you know, really, we insult God. I mean, we really do insult our Heavenly Father. We do. We really insult Him uh, without even realizing it. If you say, if thy will be done or thy will be done, if you have to say that, then you're calling God a fool because He's the one who told us to ask. Well, He wants us to ask, but He also wants us to ask for His will. In James chapter 4, He says, I think around verse 3 or so, He talks about those who don't seek God's will, but they ask, but they ask that they might spend their prayer on on their lust. They ask that they might spend it on their pleasure. And then he goes on a few verses later to say, if you're going to go somewhere and say, hey, I'm going to move my business over here, and I'm going to move, just don't move. He says, say, if it be the Lord's will to move over there, Amen. then we will move and carry on and so forth. First John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything in accordance, accordance with, with his, his will, will yeah. he hears us. Uh, over and over and over again in the scriptures. I mean, that's just straight up scripture, you know. We ask anything in accordance with his will. Here's, where did John get that? You know, pray thy will be done, Jesus said. And James talks about those who don't pray for his will, but pray that they might spend things on their pleasures, like, give me a Rolls Royce, but he's not going to say thy will be done. Give me a Rolls Royce. Well, he happens to have a ton of money because he's got thousands of people going to his church and thinking they have to give or they're going to be cursed. And... Uh, and they look at him and they say, wow, he just kind of spoke that thing to existence. He must have had enough faith. No, that is all your ties through the years, you know. Uh, you know, it's, it's a scam, you know. No, amen. And one of the things that Peter brings out in, in 1 Peter 4 is the fact that if we suffer as a Christian, and you mentioned, I mentioned this because of the Rolls Royce, you know, yeah. non- nonsense. If we suffer as a Christian, we should, we should bear that. And we should glorify God in that name to be suffered as a Christian. That's right. But the context is also we shouldn't do evil things. Yeah. <laughs> no, we shouldn't be wanton for riches and then in hopes of being like, oh, this is why they hate me because yeah. I have so much money. Right. I have this role. Yeah, don't you let know? him suffer as a criminal, he Amen. says, but let it suffer according to the will of God. Yeah. It is the will of God that we suffer at times, you know. <laughs> All those who, godly, who live godly in Christ Jesus, Paul said, will we'll suffer, suffer persecution. persecution. So no, absolutely 100%. Uh, He denies God's sovereignty in saying that God can only see through human bodies, as we we mentioned earlier. But listen to what else he says. God can't do anything in this earth realm except that we, the body of Christ, allow him to do it or allow him to. So all of a sudden, God can't do anything on this earth unless we allow him to do it. This is just so heretical. Now that statement uh, is so that so that's so foreign. I'm, I'm actually, this is SIC, you know. Now that statement is so, that's so, that's so foreign, as he says, and so contrary to tradition, to tradition was contrary to 2,000 years of church history. He goes, uh, like I said, he says, if they could get their hands on me right now, most evangelicals would burn me at the stake and dismember me and feed me to the crocodiles because they'll consider that statement to be just heresy. Well, yeah, we consider that statement to be absolute heresy, but we wouldn't feed you the crocodiles. We pray that God would give you repentance before it's too late. 
before God does judge you uh, or judge him. Now he's gone. And I hope to God he did repent. Can't pray for him now because he's he's dead. But I prayed for these guys numerous times, prayed for all these false teachers. Uh, so it's interesting, uh, that statement where Paul said, you, you didn't bring anything in the world, you won't leave it. It reminds me of what Job said when Job talked about how, uh, you know, after he lost his kids, he lost his his uh, all his material things. He said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, it's interesting when regard to that statement, and that's in Job chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, uh, Frederick Price, right after he quotes this, let me read it. When Job arose, he tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord t- takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We look at this as just this triumphant statement in the midst of such horrendous trial that he still gives thanks to the Lord. He still recognized that God, everything belongs to the Lord. But Frederick Price says that that Job was wrong there, and he misspoke. You know, he blew it. But you know, the very next verse, verse 22, says this. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Wow. Yeah, and, and actually that's God's commentary that, that that was an exemplary statement that he made. And God is sovereign. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. <laughs> But he says, he says, no, the Lord never takes away. The Lord never, the Lord never kills. The Lord never, you know, causes sickness, things of that nature, which I think is interesting in light of Holy Scripture, because listen to Deuteronomy 32, 39. Now see that I, this is the Lord Yahweh speaking, I, even I, am he, and there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Nor is there anyone who can deliver from my hand. And I can show you where he also says he makes death and he makes the blind. And of course, the enemy does that stuff too. Of course, those are also the consequences of, of the fall. There's a, numerous different reasons those things might be false in one. One thing we can know, whatever shape we're in and whatever we've gone through, if we commit ourselves to him and put our trust in him, he's full of love, he's full of kindness, he's full of compassion, he's full of grace, and he'll have mercy upon us. And he'll either heal us in this world or in the kingdom to come, you know? And that's what, what's very important to understand is that that God chooses our healing, whether it's here or it's in a subsequent time. Now, one of the most horrendous false teachings he taught was that we are gods. Oh. Now, this is part of the word faith teaching is that we are little gods. And that's that's why, and that's where the idea comes from is, you know, Satan in the beginning, he wanted to be God. He told Eve she could be his God. The Antichrist would claim to be God. This is such a satanic teaching. And the idea is that since we are little gods, just like God created the universe, we can speak things into existence. And... And, and, and then, therefore, God loses his sovereignty and we gain our power. And it's interesting because one of the false teachings, another false teaching that's very serious that Frederick Price taught is that Satan, or that Jesus took upon himself the nature of Satan, became a Satanist, satanic, I should say, in, in his nature. And when he was crucified, just before the crucifixion, and that when he was crucified, that didn't pay for our sins. It goes even further, that he had to suffer torment in hell uh, at the hands of Satan and his demons to pay for our sins. He wrote, he wrote um, and I, I, I quote him here, do you think that the punishment for our sin was to die on the cross? If that were the case, the two thieves could have paid for our, could have paid the price. No, they were criminals. We can't pay for each other's sins. It's because Jesus was the sinless son of God that his blood atones for our sins. It's his blood that atoned for our sins on the cross. Over and over again, you see that through scriptures, not going to hell. The Bible says that he died on the cross for our sins. It doesn't say he burned in hell for our sins. He goes on to write, no, the punishment was to go to hell itself and to serve time in hell. 
separated from God. Satan and all, by the way, Calvin taught that Jesus had to suffer in hell for our sins too, in his institutes. Satan and all the demons of hell thought that they had him bound and that they threw a net over Jesus and they dragged him down to the pit of hell itself to serve our sentence. That is just so unscriptural. It's so unbiblical. 1 Timothy 2, 24 says of Jesus that he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. No scripture, not one, teaches that Jesus suffered in hell for our sins. At the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. To tell us that. To tell us that. That's perfect tense, by the way. In the context (laughs) of the atonement, that's the sacrifice that was once for all time. And stands forever. And they're teaching a different gospel. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross in Luke 23, 43, he said before he died to one of the thieves that had repented, today you'll be with me in, in paradise, paradise, not in hell. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.